My name is Gary, and I am one of the pastors here at Providence Church. And I am always happy to see you and to stand in this place and be reminded of our connection through Jesus Christ. My simple prayer is that his glory, his glory would fill this place, that we would hear a fresh word from heaven, that God would hide the messenger. The messenger is not important, but the message is. So God, would you speak tonight? Speak with great power is our prayer. Pray with me the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I've spent most of my adult life living in northern cities. In fact, for 29 years, I've lived in parts of the country where there are no tornadoes. Where snow was normal and towns did not close, under the threat of a dusting of snow or ice. That being said, I am amazed at how often I return to my southern roots and realize the influence of these roots on who I am and how my roots affect how I process information and how I come to faith in Christ and how those roots inform who I am today. I will never forget the August day that I was summoned to the principal's office. And it's not what you think. Mr. Mullins was the principal of the local elementary school. And he was not just the principal, but he was also the Sunday school superintendent at our home church. My parents were both public school they were both teachers in the same public school system, and so there were lots of connections. His wise imprint is upon my life. He summoned me to his office as I was preparing to travel 1,500 miles to a college in northern Minnesota to a place I'd never been to offer pearl. He had a pearl of wisdom that he wanted to share, a pearl that he wanted to put on deposit in me before I traveled far, far away. Mr. Mullins spoke into my life. He said to me on that August day that one of the qualities of a successful man or woman was a quality he called stick to itiveness. Not sure if that's one word, but I think you understand what he said and what I mean today. He was passionate in his appeal that I never, never give up. He simply said, Gary, stick to it. I do not have time today to tell you how many times that pearl of wisdom has blessed me. My memory cup 
is overflowing today with the remembrance of the pearls of wisdom that were put on deposit in me. I am remembering in this moment Mr. Chambliss today. He also was a member of our local church. He owned a small business, and he was a longtime leader of Boy Scout Troop Number 51, the oldest Boy Scout troop for people of color in the state of Mississippi. These were the late days of segregation. Mr. Chamblers had withered hands from hard work and a full head of completely white hair. He looked regal in every way. He wore proudly around his neck a silver beaver, which at that time, and I think it still is today, the highest award a Boy Scout troop leader can receive. He wore the silver beaver proudly. Mr. Chamless was full of pearls, and he shared them freely. He said to the young men under his care, almost every time we met, he said this, you learn to do by doing. For him, there was no reason to give up because one may not know how to do something. He simply said, you learn to do by doing. It was not until years later that I learned that this pearl, this pearl of wisdom was actually a, a theory of learning. Two weeks ago, Pastor Angela referenced a text from Proverbs in her sermon, Proverbs 3.18. Hear it. She, meaning wisdom, is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, those who hold her fast, will be blessed. I add to that proverb today, one in 20. Wisdom calls out aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public square. Proverbs four and seven, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Finally, four and eight, esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. My point is this, men. Wisdom is personified as a woman in the Hebrew scriptures of the Bible. Without getting too technical, let me say that wisdom's gender is embedded in the very grammar of the Hebrew alphabet and sentence structure. There is no doubt at all. The women will say amen now amen. that wisdom is a woman. Just maybe Pastor Jacob's 11-year-old daughter Phoebe already had a sense of this because according to Pastor Jacob, Phoebe refers to her pops, her grandfather, as intelligent, and her nana, her grandmother, as wise. For four weeks, we've been stirring around, mainly in the first chapter of the book of James, we have discovered a pastoral letter, men pay attention now, written by an intelligent and wise Man, the men didn't hear that. Did you catch it? 
He was both intelligent and wise. Many believe James to be the brother the brother of Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph, James writes out of a concern for the new and emerging Christian community. In his letter, he puts on deposit pearls of wisdom that he hopes will guide and sustain the church. He sows pearls of wisdom in the hope that the church will stay the faithful course and mature. In my imagination, I can hear James in summary saying, stick to it. And you learn to do by doing. Listen to this collection of pearls in James chapter 1, beginning at verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. These seven verses are loaded with instruction. Each verse could stand alone, which is often the case in wisdom literature. Each verse should be savored and meditated upon and should marinate in our spirits until the deeper truths are unearthed and discovered. The 19th verse has arrested my attention and I cannot let her go. Hear her speak again. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Eugene Peterson in the message says it this way, post this at all intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow with your tongue, and let anger straggle alone in the rear. I pray we can hear, hear these words I pray that these words will overtake us and arrest our attention. I pray these words will take root in our hearts and in your heart and my heart. They are much needed words in a church and in the square. Remember, wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public square. She shouts, what is wisdom saying? She's saying this, be quick to listen slow to speak, be slow to become angry. 
Wisdom continues to shout. She she echoes in many translations, lead with your ears, follow with your tongue, let anger straggle alone in the rear. James is making a pastoral appeal to a community that sorely needed to hear these words. He knew that community forming is hard work. He knew that community forming was always difficult work. He knew that genuine communion and community was only possible by the taming of the tongue. Genuine communion and community is only possible by the taming of the tongue. Did you know this? We do not have to say everything we think. I'm clear that I just dropped a pearl. Did you miss it? We don't have to say everything we think. People don't even want to know. We need to hear this word from James today. We are surrounded by a cacophony of discordant sounds. There's too much noise. There are too many people speaking all at the same time and talking over each other. There is too much contention in the public and the private space. Too many voices clamoring for attention in the rightness of their opinions and the exclusivity of their claims. Too many voices that divide and separate. Too few voices heard. The sound is deafening. In the midst of the noise, we are unable to appreciate that each of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. We are unable to recognize God at work in the mess Mess, misery, and sorrow side by side. We are unable to recognize God at work. We cannot hear God speak and pronounce again that we are good and that he is present and that he can be trusted. James is intelligent and wise. James reminds us today, this is a repetitive message. I want you to go home with it today. I want you to remember it, repeat it in the public square and in the workplace. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. Just as on the side, I was in line for coffee this morning. Gwen was driving. It was a bumper-to-bumper coffee line. We ordered coffee this morning, and there was no movement from the speaker to move forward. And the person behind me began to honk the horn repeatedly. But the word crept in on me. And the word said, Gary, be slow to become angry. It is a simple formula. It ought to be included in our home and in our family life. It is the foundation of harmony within a marriage. James offers a unique, simple recipe for healthy work and community. He is clear that this simple formula is essential for a new and emerging church, and I would say even for an old church 2,000 years later. 
Because James knew that words hurt. We all have memory of words that hurt. James knew that words heal. And we all have memory of words spoken to us that healed the hurt. James is sharing a pearl of wisdom today. In 21st century language, he dropped a word in the 19th verse. The 19th verse is still marinating in my spirit. Said another way, it is still simmering. It is still percolating. It is still disclosing its treasure. Everyone, not some, but everyone, the person honking at me in the coffee line. <laughs> everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. As I continue to stir around in the text, in my imagination, I can see Pastor James ruminating and reflecting. He is listening to us. But with little care about what we think. James is concerned more about what we do. Right belief must translate into right action. Jesus' voice, Jesus' voice is a similar concern in Matthew 25 when he illustrates in this way, feeding the hungry, giving the thirsty something to drink, clothing those in need, attending to the sick, visiting those in prison. Disciples do something. James wants us to be doers of the word. He's listening to us, but with little care as to what we think. James is concerned about what we do. If we are able to follow the advice of James and listen more, if we are able to stop formulating our responses while another is still speaking, if we are able to be fully present to hear and to listen, if we are able to temper our natural response to become angry, then I believe we discover how to be doers of the word. When verse 19 fully overtakes us, when we wake up with it in the middle of the night, when we carry it with us in our cars as we drive, as we talk about it around the mealtime table, it will prompt responses that are difficult and maybe even a little unnatural. The verse rescues us from being the center of our own universe. We learn to say, I'm sorry. We learn to say, I was wrong. We learn to say, I need help. We learn to say, I don't know. We learn to do by doing. These are hard and difficult words 
So let's practice them. Will you indulge me? Let's practice them. You can whisper them, but repeat after me. I am sorry. I was wrong. I need help. I don't know. Oh, those four phrases are liberating. They are pure and peace-loving and considerate and submissive and full of mercy and good fruit. They speak to the very heartbeat of James. These four phrases will give birth to something new and beautiful in you and us. They are the fruit of wisdom that comes from above. Listen to these verses in chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, and impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. If we receive the wisdom that comes from above, as we receive it, James desires simply that we be doers of the word. He says another way, show me. King Solomon gave us an example. When given the opportunity to make a request of God, King Solomon asked for wisdom because he wanted to distinguish between right and wrong. King Solomon, the son of David, knew that wisdom came from above. As I conclude... I offer one last pearl of deep southern Georgia roots. These words come from men, another wise woman. Her name was Petronella Thomas. Isn't that a name? Like Peter, like a rock she was. Petronella and her husband James were the parents of 12 children. And they saved the best for life, Pastor Jacob, my wife, Gwen. Petronella was my son's maternal grandmother, my mother-in-law, Gwen's mother. And like Phoebe's Nana, she was full of wisdom and dropped pearls regularly. As I continue to consider verse 19, one of her pearls of wisdom comes to mind. Her folk wisdom is worth pondering as you continue to consider Verse 19 of chapter 1, the sermon is almost over, but the verse is not through with you yet. 
I am praying that it will has arrested your attention and you will chase after it for a long time. I pray that you will wrestle with verse 19 until it blesses you. Grandma Pat, Petronella Thomas, would often say this. You can say more in a moment than you can hem up in a lifetime. Wisdom says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Wisdom teaches us to say, I'm sorry, and I was wrong, and I need help, and I don't know. But, dear brothers and sisters, there's an urgency of now and an urgency of the day. We can say more in a moment than we can hem up, hem up in a lifetime. Amen.